0: Welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and and here she is. Hi, everyone. I'm Lisa, and you've just tuned into the Nine Months Podcast. Very warmly welcome here. This is my first few episodes that I am. Going to post out into the world. Finally, I have tried to record this intro about fifty million times by now. And reading from a script, I realized it wasn't really my thing. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a little bit of me, and this is who I am usually. So that's fine. Um, this is a birth story podcast, and I I got really I felt really empowered listening to birth stories and reading birth stories throughout my pregnancies. I'm a Swedish person, a Swedish woman living in the Czech Republic at the moment and my second son was born here. My first son was born in the UK and I didn't really feel supported by the medical system emotionally supported yes medically but emotionally not so much and I didn't really know what questions I could ask and what questions were even valid and when I started listening to birth stories it's like something clicked there are other women out there going through the same thing or the similar or similar thing to what I'm going through and and this is their experience and I really found power in listening to their words and found that power within myself to confidently walk into my births both times and and this is what what is my passion I would really like to share this with the world because there are so many birth stories out there and each and every one of them is important and as important as the next one so this is my little piece of piece of gift (laughs) to you guys from me this is totally my passion project and I'd like to thank all of the women that have shared their stories with me so far and if you would like to share your story after hearing some of these then please don't hesitate to reach out to me Um, my email is the nine months podcast at gmail.com where the number nine is a number nine and you can also go to my website, which is 9 ninemonthspodcast.com. Also, the number nine is a number nine there. Um, yes, so this is it, guys. Let's get into these birth stories. I really hope you enjoy them. Hi, Sharka, and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Thank you for trusting me with your story today. I'm really happy to have you here because we share this same, same sort of story on a different timeline of both having lived in Manila in the Philippines, where I think both of your birth stories uh, inside. So would you like to start by introducing yourself and who's in your family and what you guys are all about?
1: Well, thank you very much, Lisa, uh, for giving me opportunity to speak about these experiences abroad. Well, I am uh, Czech. My husband is American, but Czech origin. And we lived, well, he lived in many more countries, but together we lived in five countries. And uh, we have two children, two two boys. And one of them was born in the Middle East, in Dubai. The first one and second one in Manila. And um, I decided, well, since I live there, I uh, decided to have children there. Although, of course, I could have traveled home but you know I wanted my husband to be there present and he, 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 he wanted the same so we decided to <laughs> go through this adventure so yeah two different places and none of them was basically country of our like uh, our origin so it was quite adventurous especially now we are talking almost 20 years ago so things were different yeah
0: yeah, that's great. Oh, I thought I actually thought both were in Manila, but that's great. So you had one in the Middle East and one in one in the Philippines. That's awesome. Um, so do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your journey to becoming pregnant with your first son? And did you guys plan to have a baby? And how'd you find out? And
1: Actually, yes, we did. We were engaged and we, we, we knew that we were getting married. And we also we're all already in our like um, early 30s, so we thought, oh, this might take you know long time, as people kept telling us. So we said, okay, well, let's start trying. And I felt pregnant <laughs> first. Uh, basically, I, I think it was like second months after we started trying, and so I was basically pregnant when I was when I was getting married. Also, <laughs> although, uh, although uh, we already decided to to you know to. Um, uh, to get married but you know i was like second month to two months pregnant when, I, when uh, at, uh, at the time of our wedding nobody knew of course except except my husband to be. so it was much faster than we expected and we were very very happy and uh, to be honest like i have friends who say oh that was awful you know to carry these babies and whatever but uh, it uh, was probably one of the happiest times of my life when I was uh, pregnant with both of them, especially with the first one, when you have all the energy mm-hmm. and I felt very healthy. I felt very uh, feminine, you know, I feel because I'm naturally I'm quite, you know, small um, uh, frame. So I felt very feminine, very you know, like basically blooming when I was pregnant. So I really, really enjoyed it. I did everything because I was practicing yoga before. I did a lot of sports, so I just carried on. I put on, I don't know, nine, maybe not not even 10 kilos. So it's really no difference. It was just the belly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't difficult basically to move around. And I was very... Yeah, I, I felt very healthy, no morning sickness. So both of the pregnancies were quite nice. But the second one, of course, I was more, more tired because I already had one baby. So right. yeah, they're just only two years apart. So I'm sure you know how it is. So. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So with your first one, then you were in the Middle East. Did you know uh, what kind of birth that you wanted or what you were planning for? And how did the, the care go? go for you there what did you choose to do
1: well uh yes absolutely i was um, i knew exactly what i wanted i knew what i didn't want i had my perfect breathing plan with me and you know i thought i'm health, healthy i'm very flexible i you know women did it all the time so that that was that that kind of attitude like almost um, how to put it i i don't think you can be ever prepared for giving birth first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I was prepared, but of course I wasn't. And also um, I wanted my birth to be as natural as possible. And, you know, I didn't even, I, I didn't ever consider epidural. Uh, I had friends who was like, yeah, I want this. Some of them even went for a cesarean, you know, plant cesarean. I was like, no, as natural as possible. And, um, I think one of the mistakes was that I didn't seek, uh, I didn't look for a doctor uh, long enough. I just accepted. Okay, some of my friends. It's difficult when you know how it is, and you live in a country which is not yours. It's a little bit you are limited, basically, right? To a doctor who who spoke English, to a clinic which would um, accept our insurance, and uh, you know, which wasn't too far and almost 20 years ago there was not too many options and i just listened to a couple of my friends who were ha- ha- very happy with one doctor but i didn't realize they are very different personalities they were very sort of uh, materialistic and uh, i don't know how to put it oh well i heard that this doctor stitched you up you know very well and that's what matters <laughs> you know right but uh, i think i should probably look more for a little bit more warm person more a little bit more like tuned to what I wanted Mm -hmm. but of course I you know I thought I will just it will be easy and I will manage so I just went with this recommendation and more and more I saw this doctor I realized that she's very businesslike she always what which was nice but now I I feel like it wasn't that nice it was just a business you know she offered always ultrasound which is nice to see the baby, but then you're like, when I look back, I realize it's just basically she just wanted my money. It wasn't just, you know, to make me happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, she, she wasn't very warm. She wasn't like um, compassionate, although she had two, two children herself. I never felt like major connection, but because I thought, you know, I, I can do it all and my husband will be there. So I didn't care that much. Mm -hmm. and uh, then when uh, I went into labor my my waters broke and uh, we went to hospital and uh, basically what happened first few hours it was just uh, me and some midwives and they just kept calling this doctor and she she never showed up Wow! (laughs) (laughs) so they were and because I was a foreigner and these girls were um, probably somewhere from from Middle East and there is, I don't think they would read the local in the same way. It was almost like, oh, we don't want to touch her too much. So, you know, some, if something goes wrong, I, I think that it was that it, we didn't meet, basically. Right. So I felt like I was too too alone and to sort of, you know, how it is when you, when you are in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, I hoped, you know, I will overcome, but I was more and more tired and then, I, th- I think the, the role of midwives would be, you know, to offer you, now I know, <laughs> different positions because the baby is not born when you are on your back and you have legs up. But, you know, nobody was there basically to, to, to help me. And because it was first baby, I just I just trusted myself too much. But I was, by the time he was about to be born, I didn't know what, 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 I, what I was expecting whether it was girl or boy, so I say he, but, you know, it was at that point I was uh, thinking baby. So, you know, you only want a healthy baby. And I was just too weak to, you know, to stand up and fight for myself. So there was my birthing plan, basically flying out of the window because – you know but I still I just, just still fought for not not getting any medication because I thought you know this wouldn't be good for the babies like don't give me anything so that was like a never-ending never-ending fight and I had no I had contractions but I had no urge to push so I had basically no idea what what, what I was going to do I was like I felt I was dying to yeah be honest. and I just kept asking Is the baby okay? I remember that. Is the baby okay? And we, you know, we had my music and we played my music. But after a while, I just didn't, I didn't hear the music. I didn't know where I was. I was just falling like in and out of sleep. And it was, it just felt it will never, never end, you know. And I just kept asking, is the baby okay? And they just, you know, every half an hour, somebody came, checked on me, called the doctor and said, you oh, are fine. It was just not, not <laughs> nice.
0: Was Peter there with you? Uh,
1: he was, but, you know, first first time father, he was there. He was like trying to help. Yeah. But in if you are in such a pain, and I think he didn't realize that was probably his like his um his time and his right to fight for me but Mm -hmm. you know he also didn't know any better yeah so and he thought because you know knowing me was like okay she can she can manage but it was really difficult and then finally the doctor came like um uh in the morning and you know all fresh (laughs) she probably slept until then um, and actually my mother-in-law was there too. I mean, outside, not in the room, but she was there because she was visiting and we have very, very good relationship. But so she was uh, in the waiting room outside. And, um, in some point when they brought, um, you know, all these like tools, the the forceps and the suction cup and all that, I just told her that I don't want anybody, you know, to, to be in the room, which was again, you know, fault because, you are just you feel like a victim of all this system and you're just there i was like I, I really i just want the baby to be out yeah. so yeah in the end it, he, he was perfectly healthy baby uh but it was uh, you know the suction delivery how i don't know how you call yeah, it yeah it's
0: called a, i think it's vacuum delivery it's vacuum delivery <laughs> vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> nothing very
1: nice no but uh, then you know when when uh, he was born they just well first of all i i I was the last one to find out that it was a boy was like what did i have what did i have so they said boy
0: and you know in
1: an instant you you forget all this pain and i just looked in i still remember and this is you know he's 18 and i held him in my in my in my arms and i looked into his eyes and they were um, like blank blue very blue and I looked into these eyes and he looked like this old person. And I was like, he he truly looked like he's very surprised he's here again. (laughs) I still remember that gaze of that old person looking at me like very surprised, like, oh, I'm here again. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't have that with the second one. That's really interesting how the experience is very different. So despite all this, you know, I just looked at him and was like, oh.
0: That's wonderful. How was the postpartum and everything? Did you stay in the hospital for a while, or how did you heal from that birth? Well, uh, I th-
1: I would say probably mentally it took me much longer than than uh, than physically, because you know I was I was also cut a little bit, so I had to heal from uh, episiotomy. And uh, I was sitting on this, like you know, the the kids have the swimming swimming, um, oh yeah, s- swimming s- thing, the inflatable circle for swimming. So, so I was sitting on that for like <laughs> three weeks because right. I couldn't sit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was just thinking how difficult it must be for women who go through cesarean because yeah, uh, that that must be you know difficult difficult and different situation too so you know i just felt uh, i felt i i think i felt very hurt um, as a woman you know by all this um but it was obviously very happy that he's healthy and everything and then you know doctor she told me you were very brave but next time get epidural that was what <laughs> she told me like on a positive positive side and, um, and yeah so that that was that that was it it took it took me a long time and I remember my husband gave me like some special uh, postnatal massage and I went to this lady this was in Dubai and that was completely uh, different uh, human being you know she was very compassionate and I went there and you still feel because I was breastfeeding so the belly kind of um, shrank in naturally but I still you know you still have that belly like a little bit soft and all that mm. and I went, I still remember I went for that massage and suddenly uh, she started massaging my belly and I just almost instantly started crying because I felt like that little house that little nest of my babies empty and I think I also with the cry with those tears I released that at least half of that Like, not totally bad, but, you know, painful experience. But you also lose something with the baby, with the placenta. The belly was suddenly, like, empty. And I I knew I wanted another baby, but still I couldn't help it. During that massage, you feel like suddenly there is, you know, something, something left. So it was also very interesting. Yeah. So it was part part of healing, I guess.
0: Yeah, definitely. So how did you guys know that you wanted or when did you guys know that you wanted another another little one
1: <laughs> after this <laughs> you know but as I said like now when I talk about it still I'm a little bit tearing but yeah you forget you know you're so busy with the newborn and they are so sweet and so so they need you so much and um, again he was I think because of the delivery I believe he was uh, crying a lot you know he he they they, they said, he was colicky, but I think that was the whole experience, basically, you know, being kind of pulled out, out of somewhere he wanted to stay. Yeah. He was also, I think, two weeks late. So I think he's that, you know, he, that kind of being, he, he was very happy and comfortable inside. So he didn't want to come out. And also you said how how long we stayed. We stayed, actually, I would have, I wanted to go home immediately, but they wouldn't let us because he was a little jaundiced. mm mm-hmm. And again, uh, you know that system when they believe that they had to put the baby under a UV lamp or whatever, and only later I I learn from you know all older women that the best best uh, medicine is basically to put the baby on. Um, on uh, sunlight and just you know cuddle him or whatever so that was also breaking my heart seeing him in this little incubator under the uv uv lamp because you want to hold the baby you know to see it under a lamp so that was also difficult but you know i insisted i said oh you need sleep you need rest i was like no i need that baby in my arms so you know at least after this was over, I just fought for, for him to be in my room, which was fine. They In that respect, they, they accommodate us very well and husband can stay in the room and all this. So, you know, it was kind of, that was nice. But yeah. uh, nice room, it's not the most important thing. No. If I had more, more kids, I would probably try to give uh, a birth at home with somebody I believe. Because I believe if there were experienced midwives or you know people who would go a little bit like out to help me just to stand on my feet and give you know try give it a try to different positions this could have been different but you know i i cannot be sure but that's uh, that's what it is you know
0: yeah the proper support is is important and and i think when we give birth the first time we don't know how we need to be supported all the time so we re- we will realize that at least I did after my first one I realized oh I need I also need this and I didn't need that you know
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I agree with you 100% <laughs> and also that's also good to you know to talk to other women because then then you know what your options are yeah exactly
0: do you want to jump into number two? <laughs> yeah, number two. So, yeah, so we decided
1: quite quickly because I said, okay, we don't want to have only child, so it would be nice to have yeah. a playmate. And uh, as I said, you know, we were in uh, our early 30s. So, like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's have another one. Yeah. And uh, that we still lived in Dubai at the time, but uh, by the time I was, I think, six months, pregnant with uh, with number two we moved to the Philippines so I didn't have much time to look for a doctor and again it was same story you know very few doctors spoke English well enough so I would be comfortable to deliver baby with them but by then I was like really looking for some uh, more resources how can I do this differently Mm -hmm. and uh, so I didn't have a birthing plan anymore I think I don't remember very well but we read or I read this book uh, Birth um, Managed by Father or something like that I'm not sure exactly what the title was but basically it was uh, to involve a father more into the process and I think just it might work for somebody it might not work for somebody and I think and again this is uh, I'm convinced that Different things work for different people and I fully respect if some of my friends told me, you know, I would never want my husband to be there and I think it's nothing wrong with that. I felt I want him to be there, but I want him to be more of a help and more, you know, when I will be tired, let's say. Yeah. He can. He should more know what I want and what I don't want. So mm-hmm. th- there were like really nice uh, technique how to mas- how the husband can massage or partner uh, can massage uh, lower back and how he can help with the breathing and all this. Mm-hmm. But more was like you can you know if I if I will be like you know not not able to function you you can really help and you can be my spokesperson basically. Yeah. And that experience was so much different. I don't think Doctor definitely, because in the Philippines people are uh very you probably know that many nurses and many overseas workers are uh Filipinos because they they have it in their blood. They just care for people that are very, very good so i think the care was much much warmer although again there was a little bit of distance between the staff and uh, and the foreigners because they definitely want to make sure that everything goes well yeah yeah so they wouldn't necessarily like you know touch your support you too much but definitely compassion was much better and also i think we were much we we were a much stronger team uh, i mean peter and i and um basically so I said again my water broke and um, the second one was completely different he was one week earlier of course the second baby but he wanted to be born for sure yeah so (laughs) we went to hospital it was like I think around midnight and I said oh your water broke you should you know you better stay here and my contractions wasn't very close to each other and I felt I felt actually very well I said no I'm going home I'm not staying here you know (laughs) and waiting you would put me on monitor and what for so I went home came back in the morning everything was fine and suddenly I had a strong the second time I think I had much more intuition I think I was more connected to my body of course I was older I had the first experience I knew I'm not going to die most probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I and and my husband will help. Maybe now when I think about it, maybe also that his mom wasn't there second time because I think she was with the older one or she wasn't even there. I don't know. I think he had more responsibility, you know, he couldn't ask somebody, hey, you know, she's she's screaming, is that normal? And she goes, Yeah, it's normal. (laughs) So I think he was like more he had more responsibility, he was more present. And so, and we said, okay, we are staying in this like sort of, because I don't know how it is here, but there basically you were in uh, this room when you are when you are not too close to giving birth, they, they, they leave you alone, somebody comes, checks on you, but more or less they leave you alone if everything goes well. So we were there, just two of us, sometimes somebody came, and I was perfectly fine, and the, the contractions were coming closer and closer, and then suddenly, you know, somebody came. Oh, you're fully dilated! I was like, I, I, you know, I have this terrible, like, very not terrible, but strong urge to push. I know the baby is coming, and they said, they started to panic. I didn't like. You have to wait. The doctor is not here. She's delivering baby in, in a, <laughs> you know, in a hospital next door or something like that. I was like, I cannot <laughs> do anything. But they were so worried that the baby will be born and the doctor is not there, yeah. so they rushed me on this stretcher to the basically to the delivery room to the delivery room. And then she came and the baby was born. Like I don't know, half an hour later. It was like really quick. It wasn't like quick, quick because the first one was whole day and the second one was, let's say, 12 hours. But much, much, much faster. I knew what was going on. I knew my body was like completely capable of doing this, cut the, 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 the umbilical cord and everything. And I felt so much more in control. But I think the major difference was, and I don't know if you had the same experience, the first time I... I, I absolutely didn't have that urge to push and second time I I had. So mm. you know, go wonder how how come like same body, same person, <laughs> and one time you know exactly what you're supposed to do and second time you don't. So Yeah. If if you know it was so so like so natural, so in a way easy, of course it was painful that you know I was like you know I want to give him bath and I was like no you you have to stay in bed I don't know what's the procedure I don't know some six hours or something and then he he put all over him which is unusual for newborn (laughs) yeah and I was like because I didn't want to give him bath again like second time you know you know if the baby is you know in a little bit of blood and all that it's fine because it's how how used to be and he actually needs to to die off and all that but he couldn't of course because he he was dirty so i i really wanted to give him that first bath but they said uh, you know for bleeding yeah. because they were worried you can bleed or whatever so they didn't let me and i wanted to go home on the same day and again they said now you have to stay overnight that first night but the second time i felt absolutely fantastic i felt like you know i can do it all it was perfect and i was like okay i can have one more we didn't in the end but very, very different experience. And it wasn't because the doctor was so much better or anything. It was just because I was much more uh, mentally ready, I think. And I had more support of, of my husband. Yeah. But that's, you know, that worked
0: for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes down to that as well. Like we just mentioned before, just, just being, just having gone through it in, in any way. Not that any kind of birth is the same ever Mm -hmm. but having Mm -hmm. been through it and sort of knowing what to expect a little bit at least from yourself makes you maybe connect a little bit more or something I I felt the same I think yeah Mm -hmm. so how was the postpartum with with number two
1: much easier much easier Mm -hmm. and again I was breastfeeding and I not too long, about a year. You know, again, everybody's different. Somebody can go for a month, somebody uh, breastfeeds for longer. The, the second one was much more. Um, I think, again, there's some uh, correlation between how he was born and how he <laughs> turned out. He was, mm-hmm. um, he wanted to uh, eat solid foods much earlier and also i don't know if you have same experience but the first one we are all super careful you know like (laughs) the first food is just bland and something and the second one yeah you want olive have olive (laughs) and uh, (laughs) so he was quite soon on solids and then he basically decided he 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 had enough after i think 14 months or something and i believe that connection again if you can breastfeed and not, not all women can and it's again it's, it's fine and some women to decide to work immediately that's fine too but i really enjoy that connection and closeness and honestly it's very practical too right you just <laughs> blow the group yeah. and it's right there you don't have to sterilize anything So I felt, yeah, and I think, I really believe that uh, breastfeeding helps to uh, women to sort of like come back into shape much faster. So yeah, the second one was much easier.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Um, Is there any references or anything that you'd like to share that helped you? I know you mentioned a book there. I didn't really catch the name, but maybe you can send it to me after and I can... Put I don't look
1: your... for it, yeah, because mm. I don't remember fully, fully the name. I I read too many books, uh, Lisa. I think yeah. you know. I read, I, like, <laughs> again, if I had to do it <laughs> again, um, that's too bad right? we don't have the experience and in uh, sort of even wisdom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. When we when we need it, but I, I again I believe some women maybe have it, you know, already from what whatever past lives past experiences or being more connected being surrounded Uh, because again some uh, i believe some families in the in the in the like the women pass their experience or uh, let's say and i think i believe historically it was like that that the knowledge was passed to generations generations by uh, you know older women and yeah. it was great and i think in my culture we really miss that you know, nobody yeah. so i think it's wonderful you do this podcast because very often we don't get this from our moms we more ask you know around your our friends and sometimes the information can be distorted it's not how yeah um, yeah and some 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 topics we even don't discuss
0: very often yeah yeah i think we're both so, from a culture where we don't discuss things very deeply into detail <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's good that's nice to
1: hear so there are many books and i think whatever resonates um resonates with, with people and i would say i did i did some pre- even in dubai i did some prenatal yoga and again if you find if um and a woman can find, it doesn't have to be necessarily yoga. Somebody likes Tai Chi or whatever. I wouldn't necessarily start doing yoga while falling pregnant. But if people do yoga before, I found it fantastic. And my my teacher, he was Indian and he always he said, you will have time to practice uh, you know, strong yoga now. You just rest and uh, enjoy be, being pampered. And he always put a lot of pillows around us. And mm-hmm. I think... Really, again, like listening to our own body, like resting a little bit more, maybe that's what I would do differently. (laughs) And uh, just enjoying being in that state of, you know, pregnancy or breastfeeding or whatever, because it just goes so fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's for sure. Just,
1: uh, yeah, resting a little bit more and being with that
0: yeah great well thank you so much Sharka, for sharing your stories today it was really wonderful talking to you
1: well thank you thanks for your time for listening and all the best with your project lisa was pleasure <laughs> thank
0: you thanks again check for sharing your stories with us on the podcast today If you are listening in and you would like to reach out to Sharka with any questions or anything, feel free to drop me an email at the 9 podcast at gmail.com and as usual the 9 is a number 9 in that address. You can also head into my website which is 9monthspodcast.com also number nine with the nine in that address and check out maybe some more episodes or maybe you'd like to participate and tell me your story I'm always looking to share as many stories that are out there as possible so don't hesitate to contact me if that's the case for you and of course if you like what you're listening to I would appreciate a review or a rating in any of the podcast apps or sources where you choose to listen to your podcast in. all right guys have a wonderful week ahead and see you next week